What is good? Welcome to the Always Gaining Podcast. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. I get to talk in this episode about why I don't like New Year's resolutions, what specifically it is that turns me off from them. We're going to talk about habit changing, the rules of what it takes to actually implement and keep a habit in your life, and whether or not you should pursue a resolution of your own. Please enjoy this episode. Really hope you do. It's full of great, actionable advice, and I'm really looking forward to helping a lot of people with this one. Welcome to the Always Gaining Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Goodwin, and wow, am I excited for the podcast today, because it's that time of year when we're celebrating the holidays, there's more cheer in the air, but there's a looming feeling in the air too, a yearning for newness, for change. And God knows in 2020, we're looking forward to a change in 2021. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Change, specifically New Year's resolutions, and why I fundamentally disagree with New Year's resolutions. Why do I dislike them? What specifically needs to be addressed when it comes to resolutions? How can you decide if a resolution is right for you? And regardless, What can you do to effectively change your behavior? Let's jump into it. And I'll just address the number one concern right now. I hate New Year's resolutions because in probably 85% of cases, they simply don't work. But why do resolutions not work? Because let's start from ground zero. Resolutions are just a glorified word for new habits, right? We need to understand that as the foundation. Resolutions, even benchmark-oriented ones like make $100,000, have everything to do with your habits. And like any habit, the more drastic, the more extreme it is, the less likely it is that you will stick to it. We are stubborn human beings, and the more an obstacle impedes our flow and the ambiance of our lives, the more likely we are to find a way to float around it rather than crash right into it. This is the general idea as to why resolutions don't work. The habits aren't obtainable, sustainable, realistic, or just not focused enough in any number of contexts. So for this podcast, I'm borrowing a ton from a book I read by James Clear called Atomic Habits. It's a phenomenal read, and I'm sure for the holidays it's up for a discount. If you want to gift it or receive it, For the holidays, definitely get this book. I highly recommend it to literally anyone, any profession, no matter what it is you're doing. I want to use the rules of behavior change from this book to structure exactly which problems I have with New Year's resolutions. In this book, James goes over the ways that we form behaviors, both good and bad, because many of the same principles that go into forming a bad habit can be reverse-engineered into forming good habits. James calls these the four laws of behavior change. We're going to talk about the four laws a lot in this podcast, but the four laws are, quote, a simple set of rules that we can use to better build habits or build better habits. And I really do have to say, it's painfully simple once we break down behavior change from the macro into something more understandable. The rules are as follows. Rule number one, make it obvious. Rule number two, make it attractive. Rule number three, 
make it easy. And finally, rule number four, make it satisfying. So why does this relate to New Year's resolutions? Because New Year's resolutions often don't follow any of these rules. Seriously, let's break it down because I want to spend a lot of time dissecting where resolutioners go wrong through the lens of these habits and these rules. So let's start with rule number one, of course, make it obvious. This one may seem a little redundant, but it's arguably the most critical rule. As James says in the book, people think that they, they lack motivation. What they really lack is clarity. Make it obvious is really about orchestrating your physical environment to be proactively helping you towards your goals. Let's say you want to eat more fruits and vegetables. Okay, good goal. Then it's probably best you don't hide your fruit in a corner or tuck your veggies away in a fridge drawer somewhere. You want to put fruit in the most obvious spot on your table, your counter, your desk, wherever. Put your veggies when you open the fridge so that they're in your direct line of sight. Now, of course, I'm going to gravitate towards the fitness-oriented goals here, but this can go for very general goals, like read more. You're not magically going to read more. You can do a lot of things to make reading an easy habit, though. Keep books out in the open, not on a shelf. Set an alarm to read each day. Make it a requirement to read before you do something important, like cooking. I think you get the point here. Where people get it twisted with New Year's resolutions is the grandiose idea that come January 1st or January 2nd, depending on how hungover you are, you're magically going to become the person that you want to be with a habit or goal that you have in mind. That's not how it happens. And motivation, yes, it can take you a long way. But if you're not consistent in making your habits obvious, it's only a matter of time before motivation can't keep you consistent. This leads me into rule number two, make it attractive. AKA, every goal or habit sounds attractive because we want the result, right? We want the result of that goal or that habit. But how do you create the idea into something physically attractive for you to pursue? Now, I love this quote from James in the book, and I think it will really help you understand why people's motivations are all wrong when it comes to resolutions. The quote is, the more attractive an opportunity is, the more likely it is to become habit-forming. Habits are a dopamine-driven feedback loop. When dopamine rises, so does our motivation to act. It is the anticipation of a reward, not the fulfillment of it, that gets us to take action. The greater the anticipation, the greater the dopamine spike. Therefore, the more incentive you have to take that action. At our most primal, biological selves, we don't crave the goal or the habit. We crave the feeling of pursuing that habit or that goal. Where does this tie into New Year's resolutions? Usually, I hear people making resolutions that are in drastic contrast to the person that they are now. Let's take me, for example. I absolutely hate running. I do. I like to sprint because I'm long-legged and fast and I always have been. But running as a habit is not pleasurable for me. I know this. I'm self-aware when it comes to this. So why in the hell would I make a resolution to run more? That doesn't sound attractive at all. But I do need to run more. Or I need to get the benefit of the habit of running, right? Cardio, heart health, mind clearingness. People too often 
narrow their focus on the processes that you can enact to form a habit. An unattractive habit for me is to run more. What is a more attractive habit? To move more. A very attractive habit for me? Begin going on walks with my morning coffee. That's called habit stacking. Take a habit that you already do. For me, it's my morning coffee. That's automatic. Pair a positive habit that you already have with a habit that you want to have. My morning coffee is so automatic. Make it a requirement that I either have to go on a walk with my morning coffee or get a walk in before I have my coffee. The rule is make it attractive. Associate positive feelings that you encounter with the habit that you want to form. Take a second, write that down. I want you to reflect on your own life. What positive habits do you already have and what can you pair with what you want to accomplish? Again, this podcast is about giving you practical, actionable advice, stuff that you can take into your own life. And I don't want it to just be me talking into a microphone here. Of course, I'm by myself, but I want to be able to give you things to relay your own feedback on and say, hey, I can I can implement this. I can bring this into my own life. So let's get into rule number three. Rule number three is easily my favorite and most regimented rule, especially with what I do in fitness. Make it easy. God, we love easiness, don't we? We live in a world edging more and more towards personal convenience in everything we do. Hell, we can order and have food and groceries delivered, do our jobs, consume entertainment, and talk with everyone we know without ever having to leave our seats. So why do we treat our resolutions with the exact opposite treatment? Why do we take on a resolution, a behavior change, and try to make it our personal Mount Everest? The idea of make it easy, well, is easy. Don't make it Mount Everest. In fact, don't make it a hill or a staircase. Make it a step. To quote James Clear, the most effective form of learning is practice, not planning. The big thing with New Year's resolutions is everybody has a big, huge plan to conquer some Mount Everest type of idea in their mind. And that's where it's wrong. It's great to set big goals and to have life-changing aspirations. But guess what? You suck. And I do too. If we were really capable of suddenly changing the very fabric of our being and our habits, we would have done it by now. We wouldn't be sitting listening to a podcast on how to do it either. But we're not superhumans. We're human beings. Get over it. Get practical. What is a not easy goal? Quitting smoking. I watched my dad try to do it his entire life. My mom is still trying to do it. Quitting is not an easy goal. You know what is? Smoking one less cigarette a day. One cigarette. Not a whole pack or even half a pack. One less cigarette. Or not even decreasing the amount of cigarettes that you smoke. Just going five minutes longer until you smoke one. Then incrementally increase that amount of time or the amount of cigarettes that you smoke every day. Two less cigarettes a day, or 10 minutes longer once the urge kicks in. And no, I'm not a smoker, but I often get the rebuttal from people who are non-smokers, just like me. Well, Austin, it's not that easy. Duh, it's not that easy. But the same way you didn't become a two-pack-a-day smoker overnight, you're not going to get out of it overnight. 
Same goes with weight loss or any very drastic physical change we want to make in ourselves. We didn't get to a place where we didn't want to be suddenly overnight. So we're not going to get out of it overnight either. And where smokers lose is seeing their habit and framing their habit to kick as, quote, not easy. Of course, the whole resolution of quitting smoking isn't easy, but making a habit of doing it less and less over a manageable course of time, now that's easier than trying to go cold turkey. Let's look at fitness. Now I get the message, please help me get in shape, a lot. It's understandable. And people who come to me with this message, probably, I'd say 95% of the time, they want me to make them some kick-ass workout plan and super strict dieting regimen and tell them they can't do anything bad. Why do resolutions not stick? Because we want it right now. We want the results now. The change now. We aren't taught to be patient. And in the want and the desire of the results, we lose focus on how having an actual practical plan to get there is the requirement to get those results that you want. Make it easy. The rule. You want to get in shape? You want to get strong? You want to lose 20 pounds? Let's focus on how we make that easy. Assume where you're at right now. You're at zero. Your big long-term goal or resolution that you're trying to get at is 100. Instead of trying to make the leap from zero to 100 real quick, like Drake, what can we do to get from zero to one? This is where the disconnect is. This is where you lose the sexiness of a resolution or a habit change. You don't get to brag about going from zero to one, except to yourself. There is no glory, no viral video of people making a zero to one change. You don't get to chase the grandeur of an overnight transformation. Guess what? Get over it. You really want to make a change in your life? You really want to stick it to a resolution? Realize right now that the less sexy and braggadocious you can be about it, the more likely you are to stick with it. Call me cheesy, but the journey of a thousand miles begins with a step. People want to look like me or for ladies, some fitness model they follow on Instagram. I didn't become me overnight. Neither did she. Every single person had to start with a very humble first step. We don't all start from the same place, but we all have to start. Going back to making it easy, as a rule, working out six days a week, tracking your calories and macros, minimizing your drinking, taking care of your mental health, putting your devices down so you can sleep better, that's not easy. But that's the goal, right? Make it easy is this. Throw out, and I mean constantly fight to throw out, what you think that other people are thinking about you. Because if someone is judging you, they're weaker than you. And this is where we get caught up. We think about the judgment from other people and we have to match other people's expectations of how much progress we should be making. Remember that. If someone is judging you, they're weaker than you. Make it easy. You want to get in shape? Start by just making it to the gym. Seriously. You don't even have to go in. But make the drive to the gym or the track, wherever it is you're going to do physical activity. Get there to the place that you need to be. Eventually, you will go in or you will walk. You will make that step. That's a whole nother step in the process. The next step is to just move for five minutes. I don't care. Move. If you're running around in a circle, whatever. 
not even touching a weight, not even touching equipment, just move. That five minutes in the gym, that starting step will turn into 10 eventually and even more and even more. Let's take this to a lifestyle habit, not just a fitness thing. I want this to be practical across so many facets of your life. Let's say you want to journal every day. Don't buy a fancy $30, $40 journal and make a cute Instagram story about it. So you want to journal? You want to unleash the chaos that's going inside that beautiful brain of yours? It's not easy to do. Trust me, it's not. So don't. Don't do it. Start simple. Start easy. Keep a notepad beside your bed. When you wake up in the morning, write down the first thing on your mind. What you dreamed about. Are you thirsty? Are you stressed? What are you excited about? What do you have to do today? Write a sentence or two or three or ever how much is on your mind. That's where it starts. Eventually, you will feel the want, the need, the desire, the biological craving to do a little bit more. To write half a page. To write a whole page. It will happen. Congratulations, you're a human being. Half a page, a whole page, it's more than 99% of people do anyways. You're already crushing it comparatively. Shoot, you might get adventurous one day and do two or three pages, but I think you get the point here. Making it easy is about being as practical as possible about your end goal. Then chopping that goal into tiny bite-sized pieces and spoon-feeding it to yourself like a child. Because that's what we have to do sometimes. And finally, rule number four. Make it satisfying. You know, that ah feeling. The same one you get from your first sip of coffee or a big stretch in the morning. Again, we need to treat ourselves like we treat our pets sometimes. Good behavior is rewarded. That is the satisfaction. We want immediate rewards. It's the way our brain is trained from birth. To quote James again, this is the cardinal rule of behavior change. What is immediately rewarded is repeated. What is immediately punished is avoided. Sounds like a dog, right? So we have to find a way to make the habit, the resolution, whatever it may be. You need it to make you feel successful. And of course, there are tons of approaches to this. One of the most proven methods is by tracking your habits. Yes, with like a pen and paper or a digital keeper. Of course, if you have fitness goals, this one seems pretty obvious. But with other habits like reading, writing more, or learning a new skill, this one may not seem as obvious. Remember the lesson from rule number three, make it easy? No breaking down a habit into micro bits? This works for tracking your habits too. Keep a monthly calendar of unfilled boxes. Each day that you maintain your habit, fill in the box. Maybe have a small treat too each time that you do it. Seeing those boxes fill up is more satisfying than we give credit for. But why? It doesn't matter what the goal or resolution is. We as humans aren't very good at keeping long-term perspective in our minds, especially as it comes to short-term satisfaction. We can't enjoy the weight loss process, which takes weeks and months and years, because we want a day-to-day -day or even an hour-to-hour -hour type of change. We can't help it. Tracking your progress and making each day satisfying with your goals is how you can stay motivated on the days when you feel discouragement. And trust me, you will be discouraged with new habits. But the secret is, is to push through the discouragement. That when you're having a bad day with a new habit, that you still persist, or you get right back on track with that habit. So where do resolutioners get this wrong? 
Again, it's with the cultural misconception and the narrative that we've all pushed on one another. The idea that come January 1st, you have to kick your ass into shape and torture yourself so that you actually stick with something. It's the very equivalent of sending yourself to boot camp. Nobody in the world finds boot camp satisfying except for the people who are over boot camp. You can find satisfaction outside of your comfort zone, and in fact, that's where the most satisfaction lies. You do not have to torture yourself just to stick to a resolution. Change is like salt. A little goes a long way. I don't know where we all got the idea that it takes such strong dissatisfaction in what you're doing to achieve some goal or status that's magically going to make you more satisfied and more attractive as a person. Ask any weightlifter, ask any runner, ask any writer worth any credit, ask a podcaster with more than two episodes. Finding satisfaction in the process is the most critically underrated part of changing or creating a new behavior. Whether that's having an accountability partner or documenting your progress and making it public, find a way to attach a small dose of satisfaction to whichever habit or resolution you're swearing to make. Besides the satisfaction of actually doing the habit, having an ulterior motive onto your habits doesn't make you selfish, it makes you practical. Make the habit satisfying and don't underestimate how important this last rule is. So we've gone through the four rules and I want to be the first to say that I commend anyone who is trying to make a change in their lives. While I may not like resolutions per se, I do like someone's willingness to step up and say, hey, I want to be a better human being in some shape or form. That's what always gaining is about. That's what this podcast is about. Gaining mentally, physically, and emotionally. I can hate the method, but I can love the intent. And that's where I'm at right now. I started my fitness journey as a resolutioner, but I implemented the foundational rules of behavior change as part of my resolution. If more people can do these things together, I wouldn't have such a problem with resolutioners. But I know that come January 1st, and specific to my area of expertise, there's going to be a mass of people who come into the gym with overly lofty expectations. And there's going to be about a probably two-week period of massive motivation and commitment. And of course, dropping heli cash on workout gear, membership, supplements, and everything in between. But most of the people who sign up for those memberships won't see them through because they all come in with heavy hearts and hopefully a hell of a lot of motivation. But all the motivation in the world isn't going to keep you consistent without the correct approach. Enough on the micro of resolutions. Why do I actually hate New Year's resolutions? It's the general idea that you're going to wait until the start of a new year to decide to do something different with your life. And even in 2020, where everyone is ready to jump into the next year, 2021 isn't going to change anything about you or your situation. Because guess what? Come January 1st, you're still going to be at point A. And the number on the year going from a zero to a one isn't going to change that. Next year isn't the time for you to start a resolution. Tomorrow is. Tomorrow is a new day. Each day is a new day. And why am I releasing this podcast a month before New Year starts? Because for the people who are actually going to make a successful change in their lives, they're probably not going to be starting on January 1st. 
There are three big reasons that resolutions fail, in my opinion. Number one, people just aren't ambitious enough to make a change or they're okay with being too comfortable. This is self-explanatory. If you're the person to wait until January 1st to start making a change, it's very likely that you're not hungry enough for whatever difference you're wanting to see in your life. Now, there are obviously outliers. Some people wait because mentally, that's what they really have to do. I can understand that, and to some degree, everyone is unique and needs to understand themselves and their situation. On the same token, we often hold ourselves with too fragile of a hand, and we're the last ones to call ourselves on our own bullshit. You make the call as you're listening right now. Am I being too hard on people, or are people too soft with themselves and their habits? I'll let you be the judge, but I hope you understand where my intent lies. Number two on why I think most resolutions fail. People just don't have patience like they used to. We get everything immediately now, and anything besides that conflicts with our inner satisfaction demon that we constantly have to feed. Whether it's a Karen and her coffee order at Starbucks, or a 22-year-old kid who thinks that he's going to be a millionaire right out of college, we have this notion that the world should cater itself to our wants and needs. And guess what? The world doesn't owe you shit. Patience is a virtue that I am very grateful I grew up with. You want something? Work for it. Save your money. Put in your time. Put in the effort. Whether it's for a paycheck or a goal, understand that nothing good comes overnight. Nothing. Don't get pissy when your weight doesn't go down for two weeks. Don't beat yourself up when your cake tastes like crap because you're still learning how to bake. If one and only one good thing has come from COVID and this lockdown and this pandemic, it's the fact that we've all had to be a little more patient with ourselves and one another as a result. If more people would learn patience as they form new habits, they might actually keep them. And reason number three I think most resolutions fail it's the resolution mentality itself. The narrative of, I'm going to read more, or I'm going to eat healthier, or I'm going to work out, or I'm going to learn to play guitar, I'm going to do this or that. It's that you're going to add this habit onto whatever you do currently. That the resolution or the change that you seek will come in addition to who you are. It's quite the opposite. For a change to happen, you have to lose a piece of yourself to let yourself grow and learn. It's not, I want to eat healthier, that's going to work for you. It's, I'm going to be the type of person that eats healthy. Your habits, your decisions, from the minute you get out of bed, to how you write an email, to how you interact with others in a grocery store. Every decision is a vote for the type of person you want to become. That's all habits are. They are just a representation of the type of person that we are. They are a reflection of our identity. The problem people hit with resolutions is not being able to understand that you have to mold your identity as much as you have to mold your habits. Let me turn the mirror on myself here, because I'm not exempt from this either. Me, Austin, I am not fit. I am the type of person that works out consistently and eats well as much as possible. That is my identity. I identify with that habit. That habit doesn't make me who I am necessarily. The problem with resolutions, they don't tackle the core problem of why we can't make change. Identity reshaping has to happen for habits to stick. You're not going to quit smoking. You're going to be the type of person 
who doesn't smoke. Those are two very powerful differences. One is a goal and aspiration. The other is a requirement of ourselves. It's hard for us to let go of our identities for something new. Our identities give us comfort. They even give us purpose, for better or worse. Reshaping that for the first or the 15th time, it's still hard to do, but it must be done. It's the major difference in habits that stick and don't stick. Most resolutions are outcome-based. I want to achieve X. I'm arguing that we have to shift to resolutions, if any, that are identity-based. I want to become X. When you attach a habit to your identity, you become more motivated to control and pursue said habits because you have more invested in it in who you are as a person. Let's wrap this up. What are the four rules of behavior change? The four rules that must be enacted in some shape or form to make meaningful, sustainable change in your life. You're going to want to write this down or type it in your notes or pin it on your hand for later. Rule number one, make it obvious. Rule number two, make it attractive. Rule number three, make it easy. And rule number four, make it satisfying. And why do most resolutions not work in Austin's unprofessional yet somewhat experienced opinion? Number one, lack of true ambition or grit and being too comfortable with the status quo. Rule number two, lack of patience and perspective. And rule number three, seeking an outcome rather than a change in identity. If nothing else, you can take these highlights and do a self-assessment on your own habits, your potential resolutions, and start forming a game plan to tackle behavior change. Final disclaimer here, if you want to do a New Year's resolution, by all means, please do it. Understand why they aren't for me and what my reasoning is. But if that helps keep you accountable by making it public, then please go for it. No matter what you decide to do, whether it's immediately after listening to this podcast or on January 1st or on May 15th, I don't care. I want to see you succeed. I'm trying to give you the tools to best enable your success. Please, if you're doing a resolution, if you know someone who is, if you want to help me help someone else or you, or if you just like what I had to say in this podcast, please, please share it. It would mean the world to me. I know there's about to be a massive shift in the amount of people hearing and consuming these types of messages. And if I can help someone make a change, then I'm going to do my best to get in front of their eyes or in their ears. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Austin Trey Goodwin. That is T-R-E-Y, Trey. Tag me. Let me know what you think about this podcast or ask me questions and just chat it up with me. It helps a lot of the time just to talk to someone. Finally, in the description of this podcast, I'll have the link to James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, that I referenced throughout. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast and really structure it without that book. It was an amazing read for me, and again, I would highly recommend it to anyone of any level of habit commitment. It's easy to read and implement, and there are, of course, strategies for everyone in there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Remember to stay always gaining.